Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit Podcast, only on the Legal Talk Network. Twice a month, we're delivering law practice management tips and tricks directly to your ear holes. My name is Jared Correa, and because Kevin Hart wasn't available, I'm your host. I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, a business management consulting service for attorneys. Find us online at redcavelegal.com. I'm the COO of Gideon Software, Inc. We build chatbots so law firms can convert more leads. You can find out more about Gideon at www.gideon.legal. But before we get rolling, let me take a moment to thank my mom for listening to every episode. Thanks, mom. I'd also like to thank our sponsors. They're the reason you're listening to this show right now. We would like to thank Alert Communications for sponsoring this podcast. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7, 365, just call 866-827-5568. Scorpion is the leading provider of marketing solutions for the legal industry. With nearly 20 years of experience serving attorneys, Scorpion can help grow your practice. Learn more at scorpionlegal.com. Abby Connect has delivered premium live receptionist and answering services to lawyers since 2006. You can try them out for free at abbyconnect.com. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999, TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small. www.timesolve.com. Welcome to the first episode of the new Legal Toolkit podcast. This is the rebooted show. We're doing things a little bit differently now. We used to have like an entire interview format for the show, but now what we're going to do is I'm going to start with a monologue. We're going to interview a guest, and then I got a special treat for you at the end. But before we get to any of those things, I want to talk about some issues in legal practice and then some issues in other areas of life that I just have an interest in talking about. So today we're going to start with a conversation about law firm names, which is maybe more interesting than you ever thought possible. So naming a law firm is actually a thing, right? And if you're a lawyer or a consumer of legal services, more often consumers of legal services, you know that law firms usually have terrible names. Let me just give you a sample of some actual law firm names. I'm not making any of these up. Boring and Boring. That sounds exciting, right? Or not. Pain and Fears, LLP. Lowball and Lynch. Bicker and Bicker. It's kind of appropriate, right? And then we have the immortal Allen, 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 and Allen. It's a lot of Allens. I'm guessing that's a family-based law firm. And then, this is my favorite one of all, Ziffrin, Brittlebaum, Bianca, Fisher, Gilbert, and Zweek Stiffelman, Zweek Stiffelman has a little uh, apostrophe in it, LLP, right? That's, that's the whole name of the firm. I'm sure that URL is very easy to spell, right? So what kind of information do law firms like this offer to legal consumers? None, right? Unless I know... Attorney's Week Stiffelman. That's probably not going to be a super appealing law firm name for me. And it doesn't necessarily tell me anything about the brand of the firm. Certainly doesn't tell me anything the firm does, right? Consumers don't necessarily want to know who you are, broadly speaking. They want to know what you do, what your experience is. Now, brand names like Coca-Cola, those tend to better communicate a unique sales proposition, right? That differentiates you from the market in many ways. And brand names end up becoming synonymous with brands. So if I said Amazon, you immediately know what I'm talking about. If I say Netflix, you immediately know 
what I'm talking about. Netflix also was named after like internet movies, right? That's Netflix. That's pretty easy to conjure. And I talked about Coke before, right? So the inventor of Coke was Dr. Pemberton and the original formula used a helping of cocaine. So if Coca-Cola was called Dr. Pemberton's cocaine tonic, is that something you would be interested in purchasing? Probably not. What if Pep Boys was called Rosenfeld, Strauss, Jackson, and Radovitz, PLLC? Because that's what Pep Boys would be called if it was a law firm. Because those four dudes were the people who named Pep Boys. Those, those are the Pep Boys, right? So it begs the question, like, if all this is true, why don't law firms use brand names? Well, let me tell you, it's not entirely their fault. Some state bars and court systems that apply the ethics rules in certain, certain jurisdictions, they don't actually allow law firms to use brand names. So believe it or not, there are three different types of rule sets for naming law firms. The first category is brand names are okay. So you can have a name for a law firm that doesn't include your own name, right? That's allowed in Massachusetts and California, two large jurisdictions. And interestingly enough, New York just allowed this as well. Massive jurisdiction, right? And that was a change from the old rule, which didn't allow brand names. The other set is, or the second out of three, is brand names are absolutely not okay, ever. <laughs> Some of the states that don't allow brand names for law firms at all are Rhode Island, Ohio, and Texas. Some other states take kind of a wishy-washy approach, right? Brand names are sometimes okay, or they're kind of okay, right? So some states allow you to have brand URLs. Some states allow you to include lawyers' names in addition to a brand, right? But it has to be on like the same byline, right? These are just workarounds. So the question is, why, right? Why do you have to use these workarounds? So attorneys take different approaches, right? Some attorneys abide by the rules and they follow the workaround. But some attorneys just say, you know what? I want to use a brand name and I'm going to do it. Rules be damned, right? But the problem is not the attorneys having to develop workarounds or try to skirt the rules, right? The problem is that the rules are stupid and they need to be repealed, like everywhere. So let's talk a second about the justification for rules like this. The first notion is that like this helps in terms of consumer confusion, right? We're protecting the public. In the first instance, ethics rules don't want law firms to sound like legal aid organizations or legal institutions like a court, right? Or legal aid society. But if I'm a law firm and I'm calling myself Legal Aid of Denver, or if I'm naming my law firm the Montana Supreme Court, I'll pretty soon figure out that that's a terrible strategy for marketing. Besides, with the prevalence of web search and all the content that's out there online derived from content marketing, consumers have plenty of ways to gain information about a business, including law firms. So why not let the market decide? Consumers actually have less confusion, as I'll talk about in a second, when lawyers are allowed to use brand names. The rules are also grounded in this notion of false or misleading advertising being prohibited, right? But what's false or misleading about a business that better defines its purpose? Isn't that actually less false or misleading than the law firm that uses its founders' names, right? What if Toys R Us was called Joe's? I wouldn't know there were toys there. I just know some dude Joe owns a store. Isn't that even less false or misleading than a law firm that uses like a dead founder's name, which is allowed, right? Uh, where's uh, Andrew Johnson? He's dead. Now, aren't these half-measure rules like branded URLs and taglines really just admissions that the rules need to go in the first place? And... Also, 
these rules are a little bit sexist, right? So what if I'm a female lawyer who gets married and changes my name? I now have to change the name of the firm, rebrand it, go through all the effort it takes to redirect URLs and move content around. That's not fair. So the truth of the matter is that brand names offer so much value. It's time that law firms everywhere were able to access them. And as I've been saying about post-pandemic America for a long time now, if not now, when, right? Now is a good opportunity to change these old school institutions. And I hope it happens sooner rather than later. Well, I'm glad I could get that off my chest. I feel just like Jessica Lang from the season of American Horror Story, Asylum, which is the best season of American Horror Story, by the way. Now let's take a moment to listen to a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Now more than ever, an effective marketing strategy is one of the most important things your law firm can have, and Scorpion can help. With nearly 20 years of experience serving the legal industry, Scorpion has proven methods to help you get the high-value cases you deserve. Join thousands of attorneys across the country who have turned to Scorpion for effective marketing and technology solutions. For a better way to grow your practice, visit scorpionlegal.com. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both Spanish and English. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com slash LTN. Okay, it's about time to get to the cane sandwich spread in the middle of this here sandwich. Let's interview our guest. My guest today is Guy Sakalakis of Attorney Sync. Guy, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Jared, I am so well. So happy to be here and be a part of your sandwich. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, we can compare our respective hat and sweatshirt collections later. But for now, can you tell people what you do and what company you're with? Sure. So I'm a licensed attorney, but I haven't practiced now, gosh, in over a decade. And I founded a digital agency so that we could help lawyers navigate the exciting world of internet marketing. <laughs> I feel like that is like a uh, PSA from like 20 years ago, right? The exciting world of internet marketing. <laughs> yes, Learn more. Or maybe it's like on the community college brochure. <laughs> yes. That's way. In fact, that we that's who our marketing department is made up of, is community <laughs> college marketers. Do you love Fortran? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fortran. Now you just dated yourself. I'm old, man. I don't hide that. <laughs> All right. So let me let me ask you this, because you also got another thing going on, which is you also host a podcast on the Legal Talk Network called Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. That's what I spend most of my time doing. And, right. Like um, eight hours a day, at least, right? Yeah. Just the, the preparation, the, co the voice coaching. It's a lot. Uh, the exercise, stay in shape. <laughs> it's, hard, it's a commitment. So people should listen to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Why? Because Conrad and I go deep, expose some of the things that people don't like to talk about, and like I plan to do with you today, have a blast. Yeah, the exciting world of internet marketing with you and Conrad Sam. From we Mark talk about Fortran marketing. mostly. Yeah, and it's MATLAB. Lunch Hour Legal Marketing colon Fortran edition. Yeah, Listen we actually up, it's just great. It's just Lunch Hour Legal Marketing colon. There's nothing else after that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Build the suspense. <laughs> um, all right. I want to talk to you about marketing. Shocker, okay. right? Yeah. 
I know you're a guy who uses and recommends a lot of marketing tools. Yes. So we're at like the end of 2020. Yeah. It's been a great year, obviously. I've really Beautiful enjoyed year. it. So let's try to end on a high note, if mm-hmm. possible. What are you recommending these days to people or suggesting to people as like your top marketing tools, software, hardware, whatever? A computer? No. Good. <laughs> yes. Everyone. Get a computer. <laughs> you don't have a computer. Now is the time to be out of the curve. Um, you know, some of the traditional ones that I think if you're, you're going to be a sophisticated search marketer, Google Search Console, Google Analytics, those are no-brainers. Good news is they're both free, but those are yeah. going to be your windows inside the soul of Google, like essentially how people find your site, what search terms they use. But, but beyond that, you know, CRM, I think, is the thing that you know, customer relationship management, client relationship management. That's the one tool that I think you've really, if you, if you don't have that implemented and, you know, I'm not talking about Microsoft Outlook here. You know, I ask people, right. what's your CRM? I use Outlook. It's like, well. People really um, say that? Wow. Yeah. I, I tell some of the uh, legal tech uh, vendors, I'm like, you know, your biggest competitor is Outlook. Hmm. That's probably true, actually. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, let, before we get into CRM, Google Analytics, you talked about Google yeah. Search Console. Yes. Is that stuff that like your average attorney could handle on their own? I think, think so. I think so. I mean, um, so could you talk a little bit about what that is and how it works? Just yeah. in case, like, I think people have a general idea yeah. of what Google Analytics is, but I don't know a lot of people who are conversant in Google Search Console. Sure. Search Console, we'll start with analytics. So, analytics, okay. JavaScript, you put on your website or you have your website person put it on your website, and it basically tracks where people come from to get to your website and what they do once they're on your website. That's essentially it. And it can be, like you said, it can be, it can seem overwhelming, but if you focus on, you know, the pages that are turning into phone calls, form fills at the very least, you mm-hmm. know, if you're a blogger, you can track people that came to your blog, read your post and requested, you know, contacted you, or if you've got call tracking on that called you up. And so that's some pretty basic stuff. I don't, you know, you, you can go on to, Fiverr or Upwork or a million of these um, freelance sites and have somebody, if, you, if you're not very code savvy, drop the code on your site and uh, right. build you some reports. And so very inexpensive. It's free to use Google Analytics. Search Console is Google's own system data. And the, the one of the reasons it's valuable is because years ago, uh, Google Analytics took away the impression data, the query data. So you can't tell, you don't know the keywords that people use to search to find your website, but in Search Console, they give you that back. And so, um, you know, you want to know, like, what kind of volume is there for Chicago divorce lawyer? Yes. Yeah. And, and where do you, where does your, where do your pages show up and how many times are people searching that and what theme, what questions do people have? That's the place to go. And, you know, so it should help inform your content strategy. Like, what should you be writing about? What should you be putting on your website? And then I guess the third one I would, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention <laughs> is uh, Google My Business. Again, free. You can see I'm kind of a, Google fan person, but it's Google's yes. world. We just all live in <laughs> well, it. Well, Google has a lot of stuff. Until they break <laughs> until they break it up, it's Google's world. Um, right. And so Google My Business free tool, but you know, Google My Business is valuable because it's often the instance of first impression. In fact, I know now that we're recording this on this date, I don't know how the timing works out with this, but uh, they just announced Clio now has a Google My Business integration. Right. As of two days ago, two like days this ago. recording. Right. I am. And um, I, I got to look at it today. Like it's pretty convenient. You just like plug in the info. That's a very savvy move. Um, but in any yeah. event, when people search on your name, your firm's name, or terms like, you know, we call them non-brand search queries in the marketing mm-hmm. 
I don't even know what you call it. Marketing. Ecosphere. Ecosphere. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. I was thinking like <laughs> buzzwords. <laughs> and whatever, jargon. You were jargon, like, jargon was the word I was looking for. Like not ecosphere. <laughs> yeah. Jar, jargon, ecosphere, you know, those are the same. Google My Business because you, it uh, that's what feeds the Google local pack results. So those little, you know, if you do, if you pull your phone out right now and do a search for like whatever your practice area is plus city and lawyer, you get those little map results and they right. got reviews and click to call and your hours of operation and you can put videos in there and all sorts of stuff. And so that's a, to me, that's a must do for, you know, if you're a consumer facing lawyer, like must do. Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of like a directory profile in essence, right? You're just filling out information about your firm. That's easy. And when you talk about like code, right? It's just like a snippet of code that you're embedding in your website. We're not talking about like coding your website any differently. So Yeah, and that, that's only for analytics. Google My Business, right. you don't even need any code. You just right. literally fill out right. a form, enter your information, put some pictures in there. Maybe you record some videos, but really, really effective for, you know, the thing I always say is, is like, I don't care who you are or what practice area you're in. Someone that gets referred to you is going to go look you up online. And what yeah. they see there is going to make a difference, make some kind of impression. And for a lot of people, that start, search starts in Google, and Google My Business has got the premium real estate there. I think you're right. Like, even if you're doing, like, content marketing and you get to look at, like, oh, this blog has 100 times more views than this other post, you slap a contact us form on there. That's, like, simple to do and probably generates more leads and conversions for you. Yeah, and I think it's um, I think some of this some some of this marketing stuff, like, lawyers get because it's, like, the traditional notions of demonstrating expertise and, you know, making connections. So like the no like, and trust stuff. And so yeah. your website, your blog, all this stuff now plays a role in those conversations. So let's uh, talk about CRM. CRM. Relationship management software. Yes. So you recommend that as well. I mean, there are free CRMs out there. Uh, HubSpot has a free, yeah, HubSpot's got a right. free one. HubSpot's got a free one. I've, I also like Agile CRM, which is like, gets you a lot of features for nothing basically mm -hmm. and i know streak is available as like a google plugin i like active campaign acting campaign is good i use mm -hmm. that one for uh my business so what crm like what should people be considering when they buy some product like that and what should they do with it yeah so the the starting point is and you know i say crm but you know you can call it marketing automation or even just some of these email marketing tools so you know I, it's not fair to, uh, I don't know, the people at MailChimp would disagree. So if this is sponsored by MailChimp, maybe they're listening. But, <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't believe it is. Feel you know, free to trash I don't, MailChimp. I don't, I don't think, no, I like MailChimp. I was just saying. No, MailChimp they, is good. Yeah. I don't know if they would consider themselves a CRM at this stage. But in any event, the, the biggest feature thing is to be able to do some kind of email automation. Email automation, you know, yeah, think about it. Most lawyers have, whether it's former clients, people they know professionally, colleagues, family, friends, and they want, these people want to get, uh, hopefully for the most part, if you're doing a good job, they want to get messages from you. Yeah. And as long as you're not like sending out a crappy law firm newsletter every week or month or day, whatever you're doing. <laughs> Daily, um, you know, probably not a know, good idea. <laughs> hey, here's an idea. Why don't we automate like sending people that are on this list like happy 4th of July, happy new year, happy Halloween. Um, <laughs> hey, just checking in, right? Hey, it's been a while checking in and you can automate that. And so again, yeah. people, I know some listeners are gonna be like, that's craziness. You should be sending handwritten notes to people. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and do that too. Um, but you know, people's attention spans are very short. You want to mm -hmm. stay top of mind. You want to be stay connected. 
and so the email the email automation component of the CRM, I think, is probably the most valuable thing. You know, some of them they've got more sophisticated pipelines. You know, as you know, I'm an advisor to Lawmatics, and so Lawmatics yep. is a CRM. And it's, you know, you can move they have, a, they have a really nice product. Like well, that thing is I tight. think they're doing a nice job too, but I'm yeah. obviously very biased. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can, you know, you can move people through stages. So, you know, you have initial intake and then, you know, retained. And then uh, there's all right. sorts of things. That's an additional uh, layer to it. But I think at the, the if you talk basics from marketing standpoint, email automation. Yeah. And I think what's funny is that like these things all have names, right? Like email marketing, CRM marketing automation, but they're all kind of coalescing into the same feature set, it seems to me. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of consolidation that's already happened. I think a lot more is coming because, yeah. you know, I, mean, I know that you're very uh, experienced in the uh, in the software world. You don't want to have 500 different softwares that all you got to go create all these zaps <laughs> right. to get them to talk together. Wouldn't right. it just be nice if you just log in one time and then you're, <laughs> you've got your intake being done, you've got your virtual receptionist is built in there. You've got, you know, some of your basic, you know, the practice management thing, I think there is a, a line of demarcation because a lot of the CRMs, like they don't have all the fanciness of like practice management features. Right, right. I agree. Like, it, and it's lead versus client too, right. which is a different kind of world. Right. But it's interesting that you bring all that up because um, like just recently, there's been so many tech acquisitions in legal. Yeah. It's been, cra- I'm calling it pandemic money. Just flying around, <laughs> right? Like my case, Rocket Matter, they were both just acquired. Yep. Had no, like there's so many companies. We're going to see more of that. Consol- money's coming in. You know, I always, um, for, for whatever reason, I don't know, I have this sports ball analogy, but I, I think that we're in the end of the second quarter. So we're coming up on halftime mm-hmm. on the consolidation. So there's already been a couple of waves, but there's more, there's a lot more coming. Right, no, that, that's a good way to describe it. So, like, I guess. how does that affect them? Like, what I'm seeing is that, like, there was all, there was this, so Clio, Rocket Matter came out of, like, 10 years ago. Everybody was like, damn, that's a good idea. Let's all build productivity software. Right. And then there's, like, 300 case management softwares. And now it's like, oh, hey, nobody built any marketing technology. So it seems to me that, like, the next wave in legal tech is going to be the building of a lot of these marketing, client-facing lead management technologies. And that's where we're going to be in like the next decade. The oversimplified version is, is that the, um, the builders who are building things that are going to make uh, clients' lives better and lawyers' lives better, where they're able to find software to support that, those are the ones that are going to win. And so from a, uh, a client experience standpoint, if the client has to like use a bunch of different software to pay versus uh, send you a message versus sign a document, that's not the great experience. If you can go to one place yeah. and do that, great for the client, great for the lawyer, more efficient for the lawyer. So I think those will be who the winners are there. And, you know, it's still, I still think it's a very, like I said earlier, we said, you still are competing with Microsoft and Microsoft Teams and Google right. and yada, yada, yada. But um, I think consolidation is coming. And I think that ultimately, I think it's going to, it's going to drive more innovation in the space, which is a good thing because, you know, as we, you and I have been doing this a while, you see at the, some of the, when we used to have uh, trade shows, you see vendors <laughs> what, in there. What are those? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you'd see the technology and you'd be like, yeah, this is, I mean, there's stuff outside of legal that is just better. And I think that now yeah. it's going to force the legal tech sector to really up their game because um, it's becoming more competitive. So 
think it's a good thing. Yeah, it's funny. People are like, hey, what's the sales force of legal? Right. I'm like, Salesforce? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, we'll wrap up with one last question. Like, I asked oh, you for some tools, and yeah. then we went and talked about a bunch of different stuff, right? Yeah. Can you give people like a bonus tool that something they tool. might not have thought about that they could be using in their practice? Interesting. Um, I totally sprung this on you, so I'm going to talk a little bit so you can think. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, what are <laughs> now tools? I feel bad. I mean, I, I would, no, I would go. I would. I would say call tracking uh, software. So call right. rail. I think because, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that does anything that holds your marketing and advertising time and money accountable for a result, I think that's a big missing piece. And so you know, that's another one when you're when you're doing a CRM uh, evaluation. You know, do they have integrations with Google Analytics? Do they have integrations with call tracking systems? How are you going to measure the effect? So those, that, those measurement tools, I think, are really, really valuable. Uh, so you know, I like CallRail, uh, but there's Invoca, there's call tracking metrics. I think there's actually some um, ones in specific and legal that I should probably become more familiar with. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, li- I really like CallRail. Um, anything that, ha- you know, the, the buzz, the jargon word here is dynamic number insertion. So essentially it... Uh, generates a unique call tracking number based on session visit to your website. So you can actually track back. So you can be like, this call came from someone who found my blog post by searching on Google. And that's where you can start to actually make some of that return on investment, return on ad spend analysis. I see a lot of like marketing agencies using the call tracking, but very few like lawyers and law firms that are managing their own marketing. Right. And it's not that expensive. I mean, a pool of eight numbers, it's like, you know, five, 10 bucks. I mean, it depends on, they, they just, oftentimes they charge you based on volume. So if you do high volume, call yeah. volume, it can be a little more, but mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a no brainer. I mean, track those calls. Absolutely. All right. So that's a that's a good point to end on. So we're done with the interview section, but we're going to bring you back. That was the boring so, part. Not now for the fun part. Um, so <laughs> this is, what I'm, this is what I'm really here for. Yeah. <laughs> so let me thank you again. My guest today, Guy Sakalakis of Attorney Sync. Uh, can you remind folks about uh, how to contact you, find you online, as well as Attorney Sync? Yeah, just just spell my name out. It's really easy. <laughs> just yeah, pretty quick. Yeah. Sound it out. <laughs> sound, sound it out. Guy Sakalaki. No, um, you can go to attorneysync.com, attorney attorney s y n c dot com, or if you just start. If you go to Twitter, if you use Twitter and you start typing G-Y-I-T, there's a good chance that I'll pop up. My little face will pop up because it's just such a weird combination of letters. Um, but I, I waste a lot of time on Twitter. So see you there. Oh, man. Tell me about it. All nice. right. Thanks, Guy. Much appreciated. Thank you, Jared. We'll take one final sponsor break so you can hear more about our sponsors and what they can do for your law practice. Then stay tuned for the inaugural edition of The Rump Roast. It's even more supple than the roast beast. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's www.timesolv leave off the e.com remember that's t-i-m-e-s-o-l-v.com your legal work requires your full attention so how can you build lasting relationships with new or existing clients while juggling your caseload try abby connect the friendly highly trained and motivated live receptionists who are well known for providing consistent quality customer service and support to law firms just like yours every connection matters So call Abby Connect today at 833 
Abby Wow to get started with your free 14-day trial and $95 off your first bill. Welcome back. We're here at the rear end of the Legal Toolkit, also known as the Rump Roast. That's what I'm calling it now. It's a grab bag of short-form topics, all of my choosing. Today, we're going to play my version of the name game in which I list three people or items and three descriptions, and it's my guest's job to match everything up. So we're bringing back Guy for this one because he's more fun than Amy Coney Barrett after a couple of mojitos. Slightly. 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 She's pretty fun, I'm sure. All right, are you ready? I got four categories for you. Okay. It's going to be like Jeopardy. Category one, Sam I Am. All right? I got three names. Sam Jones, Samantha Mulder, Fantastic Sam. One is a basketball player as the second most NBA championship rings of all time. The other is what I would describe as a hair cuttery. And the third is an alien abductee from the X-Files television show. Can you match them? This, I appreciate you uh, giving me this layup one for the first one. <laughs> Um, sadly, sadly, I've been a customer of Fantastic Sam, so I know that one well. Yes, uh, that's hair, you got it. hair cuttery. Uh, yes. I'm also a sci-fi nerd, although X Files was never my jam. I was more of a Star Trek really? generation. Ah, but I can tell you that uh, Samantha Mulder was an alien abductee on that Correct. television show, which makes Bye. Sam Jones the player with the second most NBA championship rings of all time. By process of elimination. Do you know how many championship rings that is? I'm going to go with five. I'm taking a guess. Oh, 10. Actually. 10. Second two. I know. Oh, I was Bill thinking Russell football. I was, was thinking, of, yeah, right. Bill Russell. I was thinking football. Yes. yes. TB12 got six, right? <sighs> it's all New England, man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my wife is a huge, huge fan of the X-Files. I've seen every episode. I like it too. Do, 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 do. Oh, great. Now we're going to get sued. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> Next question. Next question set. Yeah. Gurus. Uh-oh. Ready? I think you may have seen this before, but it's new to the listeners. <laughs> Three <laughs> names. <laughs> Bhagavan Das, Bhagavan Antle, and Bhagavan Sri Rajneesh. So one is the owner of a home zoo and a part-time harem manager. Not a bad deal, I guess. The other is an Indian guru whose followers took over an entire town in Oregon. And the third is an American yogi whose name is Kermit. What do you got? Okay, so, you know, you up the game a little bit here, but still, I think I'm going to hit this one out of the park. And I actually would like to take issue with, um, <laughs> because it could, arguably two of these are a part-time harem manager, but uh, will, yeah, maybe arguably three. But I, we'll, we'll talk about that on another episode. Uh, so uh, the Indian guru whose followers took over an entire town in Oregon made more popular these days with the Netflix documentary, Wild Wild Country was mm -hmm. Bhagavan Sri Rashnish. Correct. The Rashnishis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, then we know from the other Netflix, we're watching a lot of Netflix these days. I know, aren't we all? <laughs> documentary Tiger King, Bhagavan Antle is the owner of a home zoo and part-time harem manager. And that makes Bhagavan Das, the American yogi whose name is Kermit. Very nice. Three for three, six for six. Theme number three. Theme number three is huge rods. Are oh, you ready? No, I'm not touching this one. <laughs> These are all people named Rod who are over six feet tall. We've got Rod Strickland. Yeah. Roddy Piper. Rod Brindamore. One 
is a former professional wrestler and star of the cult classic They Live. The next is a former NBA point guard, current manager of the NBA G League. And the last is a former NHL player and current NHL head coach. All right. So um, what do you got? Well, two of these I'm going to do process elimination, but one of these yes. I'm very familiar with. I think you got one. Yeah. Roddy Piper. I mean, he is a cornerstone of modern day professional wrestling. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rowdy Roddy Piper. And uh, they live also <laughs> right. underrated. You should, people should go check out. Uh, they live. Is that on Netflix, sir? Do you know? I don't, I don't know the answer <laughs> to that. Um, but that is, that, you know, that was one of those that would be like on local TV, like in a Saturday afternoon. Yes. Just syndicated. Yes. And you just have to watch, you see it and you just have to watch it. It's just so, <laughs> so compelling. My kids um, watch TV with commercials for the first time, like in a long time the other day. And they're my like, daughter saw commercials. Like, so long. Yes. She was like, what is this? She's like, the, she's like the channel changed. I'm like, no, it's a commercial. <laughs> no, that's how it used to be. All right, go ahead. I interrupted you. We got okay. two more. All right. Well, uh, so I'm, I'm going, I think I'm familiar with Rod Strickland being a former NBA point guard. Currently yes. NBA G yes. League. Now, nice. I don't know a lot about the NBA G League. Uh, developmentally. It's like the minor oh, like leagues farm of system. the NBA. Yep. Got it. I they just built it out like a few years ago. It's a new thing. All right. Who, who are the good teams there? Is it parallel to the two good teams in pros? Much like the minor leagues of baseball, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It's just <laughs> like no, no one cares. cares. No one cares. Very good. Well, there's Rod. That's Rod, Rod Strickland. And that nice. makes Rod Brindamore, which is that French? It's got to be, right? A lot of French. Who has, like, who has like an apostrophe in the middle of their name like that? French well, people. Yeah, French Irish. Canadians. What about Irish as well? Oh, that's true. That's true. Usually an um, O preceding it. This no. is very unique. Th- just so people know, because they can't see it, Bryn D'Amore is like, it's split in the middle with an apostrophe. Very yes. unique spelling. So he's the NHL player. That's the NHL Man. player. So. Dude, you're nine for nine. Yeah, next time you're going to have to really, you're going to have to get some hard ones. Oh, but wait, I have a bonus. Oh, bonus. Question. Already ready. <laughs> Already Theme ready. number four. Springfield's oh, this is, is number four. Be a good one. Springfield's. Maybe you'll get me on this one. I don't know, man. You've been you've been really hot. Okay, Springfield, Mass, Springfield, Missouri, and Springfield, Oregon. One is the Springfield that the Simpsons live in. One is the national headquarters of Bass Pro Shops, and the other is the home of the National Basketball Hall of Fame. We have a lot of basketball questions. I don't I'm know gonna, why. Yeah, I'm going to screw this one up for sure. Which is yes. All right, finally, I'm going to stick Because I was such a huge Simpsons fan. I mean, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I would, I was, well, this is really embarrassing. I was, <laughs> this is before, well, this is when you had VHS. Yeah. And I, I was tasked VHS. with recording the Simpsons because you couldn't get it anywhere else. And so when it went on syndication, this is like mid 90s. I was tasked with recording it, so I had to set my clock every day and go and watch The Simpsons. So, uh, sadly, I'm blanking on the state, but I'm going to take a guess. Okay, go for it. And I'm I'm nervous about this. And I, the other two, I have no clue on, which is like also <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, so I'm go, I'm gonna, I'm taking a stab at it. I'm going with Springfield, Missouri. No, wrong. No. Oh my goodness, this um, is so bad. Simpsons are actually from Springfield, Oregon. Oregon. That's where Matt Groening's from. He's from Oregon. So oh, I am. If, if for the two people who hear this episode, I am going to get blown <laughs> those, up. On this. My mom is going to be really upset. Oh um, my goodness! This is, all right, so, edit it out. Edit this out. <laughs> this is shameful. All right. So it's got. You want to take a guess between the last two? Yeah, I, I now you got to live in a process to. of elimination. All right. Here we go. Springfield, Missouri. I'm going with 
Bass Pro Shops. Yes, correct. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And then uh, National Basketball Hall of Fame, Massachusetts. Why would you put the National Basketball Hall of Fame anywhere but Springfield, Massachusetts? Of course, naturally. Where Um, is Springfield, Massachusetts? Western Massachusetts. It's kind of a weird spot. It has like something to do with James Naismith, who invented basketball. That makes like, sense. He was he was either from there, the or mayor. that's where he was teaching. He was a mayor, or that's where he was teaching when they developed the game, like back when they had peach baskets and stuff. Got but it. why would you know that the national headquarters of Bass Pro Shops was in Springfield, Missouri? I felt like there is um, a lot of fishing going on in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, next to know. Lake of the Ozarks. I have to say, yeah, like, Lake of the Ozarks. I have another been Netflix to, show. Right, right. Ozark is a great show. I have been to the Bass Pro Shops in Springfield, Missouri, and they are, it is an amazing facility. The flagship? It's, it's massive. Yeah, the flagship is, it's actually awesome. I'm not like outdoorsy, but the flagship is amazing. There you go. Go to uh, Springfield, Missouri. Not bad, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a silent round of applause here. No, You're that's like embarrassing. Eight of nine. Eight I of don't nine. want any applause uh, okay. for that. That is shameful. Okay. I would, no, nine of, tw- 11 of 12. I, I was kind of impressed, but. I understand that you hold yourself to a high standard. Horrible. Well, I think on that note, we're going to end this Perfect episode note to end on. of the Legal Toolkit Podcast. This is the end. This is Jared Greer signing off, reminding you to spay or neuter your pets. Wait, that's Bob Barker. I don't care what you do to your pets, but do beware of the packs of wild dogs that control most of America's major cities. Uh, that's Will Farrell. All right, I'll have a sign off ready for the second episode. I promise. In the meantime, listen to these clips of my son berating me during the recording of this podcast. Uh, hey, do you think I'm a good teacher? No, he's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which document do you need? Um, this one. <laughs> Here you go. Now get you out of my sight. A, you actually suck at being a teacher. Thanks. <laughs> okay. I love you, son. Oh, Are you a good teacher? No, just get into the assignment. (laughs) So good. Workers' Comp Matters is a podcast dedicated to exploring the laws, the landmark cases, and the true stories that define our workers' compensation system. I'm Judd Pierce, and together with Alan Pierce, we host a different guest each month as we bring to life this diverse area of the law. Join us on Workers' Comp Matters on the Legal Talk Network.